you're now tuned into another episode of The Underground. Each week, we dive into what it means to create, nurture, and live in communities everywhere. This is The Underground with Ryan Moore and Justin Lon Carrick. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Underground Podcast. I'm with Ryan. What's up, bud? You know what, Ryan? I'm doing okay. We're back at the pond again. Back at the pond. I love this space, actually. I'm really enjoying it. You know, it is nice and homey, nice and cozy in here. It's starting to feel like my second home. I'm spending too much time here. You know I already what? spent enough time here with hockey. That's true. Uh, now I'm here doing this stuff. Yeah, so. you, you knew where all the outlets were to get set up. You're all good. <laughs> I, well, yes, that's right. I'm, I'm becoming a pro. The, I got to say the OHL guys this morning were pretty fun. Yeah. We did a little video with them. Yeah. Yeah. Every fun. Tuesday we have them in the, in the morning. They're, uh, they're pretty tall. We what got, do they? What do they eat? Is what I want to know. We got we got three of them that are over six foot four. So yeah, um, yeah, and they're they, like what sixteen years old or something like that. Yeah, between sixteen and twenty, and they are massive human beings. And we're working on getting them up to speed. It's working out pretty good so far, and it's like a refrigerator coming at you. Oh, that's for sure. How much of what you do in hockey, especially with these guys here, relates to their their headspace? Well, it's crazy to talk about that right now with uh, the uncertainty of what's going on in hockey. Their headspace is major. They're trying to figure out what to go, where to go, when to go. It's not an easy time right now for them. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're busting their butts for their entire lives up to this point practically. And kind of like we talked about with some of the other guests, I mean, it just shut right down. There's no, there's no end line. There's no, normally when we're training, we build to a point and then we start refining into their when they're ready to go into their season. And right now there's no end line. We have an idea, but we really have no idea. I remember when I was growing up, my dad used to tell me that 80% of baseball was in your head and the rest of it was your physical ability. Is that kind of a similar thing? I'd say it's a little bit 50, 50 with hockey. Hockey is extremely physical. You're, you're running into people. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a little or, different. Whereas baseball, you know, like a pitcher, you're hey, on your own on the mound. Easy, easy. It's different. It's, it's a tough it, sport. It's, I, I would put baseball closer to golf and hockey closer to football type of thing. One of the best quotes I ever heard actually was, what's that Gretzky quote where it's go where the puck is or no, go where the puck's going to be or something like that. Not where it is. Yeah. So, I mean, that is right there. That's the epitome of what mindset is, is mm-hmm. you, you got to have the, the wherewithal to understand the game mm-hmm. in a different way than other people. And I think that's what sets the, the most... Uh, effective people apart from just the average players. Mindset is so huge. I think that the the average hockey player, every team is different. So when it, when you're going to from team to team, situation to situation, just because you're a talented player, it doesn't mean that you're going to fit in with a specific team. So your mindset has to be open to adapt, open to uh be challenged to adapt and you know if if you can't do that it it'll really break you right down and and you're not going to enjoy hockey especially once you get to the upper levels so this kind of brings me to the point of our next guest who is an incredible human being quite frankly i've known her for almost well i would say eight nine months now she's been in my world and we wanted her on because we i think based on that conversation and some of the stuff that we've talked about in the past ryan 
I think that mindset is probably one of the most important things to help us get through some of the tough times that we've been in. And um, I guess I'll just introduce our wonderful guest. She was named top 10 business and mindset coach and is the founder of Medif... How do you say this, Ashley? Metaphysical. Metaphysical. It's like like metaphysical and then just swap that out the ale. I love it. Metaphysical and an astrology aligned lifestyle platform for millennial women. She's an award-winning astrologer, certified human design reader and speaker. This is Ashley Kudo, everybody. Thank you for joining us, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi, thanks for having me. Listen, mindset has been something that you've drilled into us and and the, the right kind of mindset for the last eight months since I've known you. It's something we've talked about at great length in, in numerous calls uh, and, and so on. How important do you think it is? We're talking about hockey over here. How important do you think it is in business? Oh, I mean, it's it's crucial. Your mindset directly affects how well you do, how poorly you do. It's literally the foundation of, of everything. Because at the end of the day, we're all just human beings living a human experience, just trying our best. And the only thing that we bring with us from, you know, the time that we're born till the time that we die is what we believe about the world, the people in it, and how safe or unsafe the world around us actually is. And I think, you know, the weird, strange times that we're living in of COVID are kind of a microcosm for that. And we can really see how some people are thriving and some people are, you know, pushing past things. And then there's other people who are really struggling and it's okay. It doesn't really matter what side of the spectrum you're on. It's really about that, you know, awareness and what you're going to decide to do from there. And when you're talking about exercises relating to this, some people think it's a bit we've talked about this woo woo and I love the woo woo in a way there are certain things that I totally absorb and accept. And there are certain things where I'm like, I don't know if I, if I'm into that, but I do love the experience of trying everything. So what, what are some of the things you consider effective mindset related activities to help us get out of the funk as it were? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think that mindset is very woo-woo, but it, it's not. So most professional athletes actually have high-performance coaches, and like 80%, 90% of what a high-performance coach is going to do with you is actually going to be focused on your mindset. So one of my good friends and favorite people on the planet, Todd Herman, he is the author of The Alter Ego Effect. He actually used to work and still works with professional athletes on this very thing on their mindset. So he actually has one of my favorite activities of all time, which is actually to create an alter ego or basically a person that in the morning, you kind of lock into that personality and you lock into those traits that you want to embody. So for professional athletes, they might put, you know, like baseball cards in their jersey or in their uniform or for hockey players they might put uh, little mementos in their pads of different qualities that they want to embody so if someone was really fast they might put for example a little pair of wings or something stitched into their pads or stitched into their uniform somewhere and that act of putting something on really just anchors in every day or every time that you're going to play that feeling of this is what I want to bring with me So that's a very, very easy and simple thing to do to kind of set the day. The other thing that I like to do is really just brain dumping at the beginning or the end of the day. If you're not doing this, this will be a game changer for you. It's basically just getting everything that's in your head 
out of your head. And you can do this either by writing it down if you like writing, or you can do it by just dictating into the voice notes of your phone everything that's on your mind. Like, I got to pick up this in the grocery list on Tuesday. I got to remember to make this phone call for my kids. I got to deal with this work problem that's coming up. I've got to do this, that, and that. Because when it's out, it's not taking up space in your brain. But when it's sort of something that's rumbling around and it's just in there, uh, your brain has to keep bringing it back, which actually like distracts you. It makes you more prone to anxiety, all of these things that just like aren't great for you. And this becomes like a checklist in a way. And there's some sort of, I find there's some sort of euphoria in checking something off a list, quite frankly. I've done this. Yay. And my brain goes with something fantastic, right? Yeah, well, your brain's always looking for that little like hit of dopamine or that little like hit of serotonin. Like it's always looking for those feel good chemicals. So if you can sort of orchestrate your day around having more of those things built into your day, then that's really, really effective. So this is even why it can be something like changing your ringtone to a song that you really like instead of whatever horrible alarm is pre-programmed with your iPhone, it can actually boost your mood because even if you don't love speaking on the phone, at least you have like 15, 20 seconds before you actually figure out where your phone is on your desk buried under a bunch of stuff. At least you, you know, at least you've had this little hit of something that brings you good vibes or something that you enjoy. So mindset doesn't have to be anything that's really out there or woo or strange. It can totally be just being more intentional about the things that you're doing and orchestrating little happy moments in your day to make sure that you are giving your brain those little chemicals that they need. Ashley, with the shutdowns with COVID, I know that here at my my business, when we got shut down, we looked inward and said, okay, we're going to use this time to re-renovate our inside of our building. We were in need of renovation and, and, and we did that. And that took up a lot of my time during the initial stages of COVID when I saw other people, they were just sitting around, you know, they were trying to toss toilet paper into toilet paper holders that, and, and the social media world really took off, but other people out there, they kind of had a loss of identity. They, the, the thing that was driving them day to day was just all of a sudden taken away from them. And to me, that's a mindset. Your mindset immediately shifted and changed and was changed. You didn't have any control and it was kind of just taken from you. What would you say to those people? How do you, how do you break them out of their funk? How do, you, how do you try to get them into a different mindset or to adapt to a different mindset? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the first thing is that this is really something that all of us are going through on every level because this is, it's not unprecedented. We've had pandemics in the past, right? But we haven't had social media. We haven't had these very kind of fast moving, fast paced lives that we have now. So it's unprecedented in that sense. But like, we've actually had pandemics for a really, really, really long time. And they kind of come around, they circle, and then they leave again. So I would say looking to history is actually one of the best things that you can do. Because if you look at like the bubonic plague, the black plague, like there was plagues in ancient Greece, like every single time they always phase out. So that's really helpful because it means that this too is going to be temporary. So that's the first thing really to remember is that like this is temporary, even if it's hard now, there's going to be a point where everything will go back to normal, everything will be okay. 
And the other thing that I would suggest is I think the big reason why a lot of people are experiencing this loss of identity or just sort of feeling of purposelessness is there's been a lot of changes to people's routines, right? So we were all used to, or if you worked in nine to five, you're probably used to like going into the office, sitting down, you would like get up five minutes later, get your coffee. You would have a whole like list of things that you would kind of check off throughout the day. And then it would be 5 p.m. and you would drive home, right? So now you no longer have a boss that's really like looking over your shoulder or, you know, if you worked from home before the pandemic, you now have like kids that are also at home that were not at home. So trying to find some of that same consistency and normalcy in your day is really, really important, especially early on in the day. So if you can start your day, even if it's just like five minutes in a routine of this is all that I can commit to, I'm going to get in the shower, I'm going to shower for five minutes, I'm going to then brush my teeth, which is another 60 seconds, I'm going to you know, comb my hair, which is another 60 seconds, and then I'm going to get dressed. If you can commit to doing things in the same order for like 10 minutes every day, it will help you to get back some of that sense of control. The other thing that you want to do is if you've lost your job or if your role at work has changed, or if you've taken on 12 new roles where you're also a mom or you're a dad, but you're also suddenly a school teacher and all these other things, you know, really find the positive or find the silver linings in those identities. So, you know, I know a lot of people listening are parents and they have kids. Look at it as a gift that you get to spend all of this extra time with your kids, that you get to really see who they are as humans in situations where you really have like no idea what's up with them most of the time. Because for like five, six, seven hours a day, they're usually somebody else's problem for about nine months a year. And you don't really know what they're like as a student. Now you get to open up to curiosity and you get to explore that and you get to realize, okay, maybe this is something that we need to have a conversation about and like help the kids be better at this. And I think just going into the, into it with that mindset of curiosity, what can I learn here? Or, you know, what's the positive that I can take away from this is really going to be the most helpful mindset to be in. And it's going to be the thing that will yield sort of the most positive fruit for you once the pandemic is actually over. One positive I got out of this, well, not me, my dog, he got a lot of walks in the morning. That was my routine. I walk up every morning and went right to the Bruce Trail and my Dougie got a got some nice walks in the morning. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think all of I our mean, dogs did. There, yeah. there you go. Our dogs are really important. Our dogs, our pets. I mean, pets have really been spoiled with their owners home for like months at a time. Now being able to pay attention to them, getting all the extra like snuggles and cuddles with their owners. So they've, they've really made out like bandits and in this pandemic, <laughs> they really have. And too much. I'm, I was told recently my dog was two pounds overweight and I'm like, how's that possible? But I can see now we're just constantly feeding them all day. Cause we're snacking all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, we've, we've all put on like a little COVID weight, I think, um, yeah. you know, our, our pets too, same thing. Cause now, if they're if we're on a call and they're being a little bit rowdy, giving them a treat is like a really, really easy way to calm. Yeah, them down, that's the so. same for my kids too. Hey, go get yeah. some food. <laughs> yeah, go get some food. How how important? That's actually a really good point. So, how important is self time? Literally, like just by yourself. Because right oh, now, right now we're stuck together as a unit in the family, a lot of more hours in the day together than we were used to. How important is it for me to take time for myself? as a whole. 
Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly important. I worked from home before the pandemic, have continued to work from home. So that wasn't really a shift for me. But the thing that was different was I didn't realize how much the person that I lived with actually went out and really wasn't home until suddenly she was home or she would come home after work and then you know, wouldn't go out with her sister to eat, wouldn't go shopping on the weekend, suddenly wasn't doing grocery shopping at the store. And it was really an adjustment because I realized that I lost probably conservatively, you know, 10 hours of me time where I didn't have another person in the house. And I think even if you are someone who's working from home, I think we don't realize that even like we're affected in that way. So even if it's just five minutes. I mean, most parents, listen, most parents at least won't get bothered in the bathroom or like you can lock the door if you need to. Like if the only five minutes that you can spare is to stash a book or stash your phone and just spend five minutes with yourself in the bathroom, not doing anything. It's so important to take that time because you need time to actually just recharge and be a person with your own thoughts, which can be really difficult right now while everybody else is home and demanding your time and your attention and, you know, needing their own series of things that they don't usually need or require from you. I know that social media has really surged lately, but my question is, how important is it to kind of step back from social media and realize, you know, this person's only posting their best picture of themselves. They're not posting the little moments that they're not quite perfect. And we see them as perfect human beings all the time. And then you continue to scroll through uh, social media and you see all these people being perfect all the time. What does that do for your mindset? And how do you try to get away from that almost FOMO, fear of missing out, and that drive, that social media, especially now when we can't travel as much, we can't go see the people we want to see. There's a lot of FOMO and there's a lot of uh, mindset being altered, I think, with social media, just seeing all these other people like, wow, they went to the pumpkin patch today. What's your advice on that? How should you uh, how should you take in and consume your media? Mm -hmm. So I think, again, being really intentional about it is important. So being on social media is just a part of our lives now. And I think with the pandemic has it's kind of the only way that we can see what's going on with the people that we love. A lot of times barring like FaceTiming them or being on Zoom, which let's face it, feels like exhausting if you've been on Zoom calls with work colleagues and stuff all day. You don't want to be on a Zoom call with like your brother or your sister or your parents. It just it feels like too much at the end of the day. So it's it's really important, but it's so important to set boundaries. So something that I actually like to do is I have a website blocker that I put on my Chrome tab. And I use the work mode. So work mode will actually block certain sites for you for a period of time. So if I know, okay, I don't want to get on social media between, let's say, 6 p.m. because that's usually when I'm done work until about, you know, 10 a.m. the next day, I'll just block out that period of time, turn on my, you know, work timer on my website blocker plugin, and then I'm not able to access Facebook and Instagram the other thing that's been really helpful is I actually delete all of my apps at the end of the day and I'll reinstall them in the morning because sometimes we're all tempted, right? Like nobody's perfect. So sometimes it's nine o'clock at night, you're bored, you've scrolled through Netflix and it feels like you've seen everything. 
going on social media might be like the next temptation. But if you've already deleted your app, then it kind of prevents that temptation because you have to physically go to the app store. You have to download it. You have to watch the dumb little circle of it loading and installing. You have to log back in. There's a lot of hoops to to jump through in order to actually get back there. So I think that's the most helpful thing that I've ever done. And it's something that I really recommend to people if they're struggling with social media is uninstall and reinstall your apps every day because that also makes you way less likely to want to reinstall them in the first place. And then you'll go back to your, you'll just use it on your desktop or you'll check it less often. And that can kind of help you if you get caught in that scroll hole or if you get caught in that comparison mode because it is a little bit of a pain in the butt and that's exactly what we want. What are some of the rabbit holes you've gone down recently? I'm curious because I know you love the rabbit hole. Yeah, so I have been big time down a YouTube rabbit hole lately, down a skincare rabbit hole. So what will happen is I'll find one YouTuber that I really like, and then I'll watch just like all of their content from the beginning of time if I'm not careful. I also fell down like a really weird 90s music video YouTube hole the other day. So like I'm not perfect either when it when it comes to this stuff. We promise we Uh, won't rickroll you. No Rick Rowling. Uh, listen, Justin I, had frosted I, tips at one point. <laughs> I I actually love that song, so I'm never upset to be Rick Rolled. Do I think it's it's had its moment? <laughs> nice. Yes, I think that moment passed like 50 no, years ago. Maybe, no, but. no, it's still relevant. <laughs> you cannot say that. Yeah. Well, there, the good thing, I think the good thing about social actually is that there's this whole new generation, like on TikTok, now there's this whole new generation of Gen Z that are now rickrolling each other for the first time. <laughs> yeah, really like an actual dungeon troll of the internet who's been on it pretty much since day one. It's so like, it, it's so funny to watch a different time in your life be lived through the experiences of other people now and to watch them be like annoyed or absolutely delighted and just watch their experience of it too is like again I think it's one of those things of finding the little moments of joy is like well it's actually a delight to watch people's reactions of getting rickrolled well not even that look at the power of social media in that we've had the dog face guy bring that song back that is now like in the top 100 again from how many years later Fleetwood Mac is now in the top 100 again how many years later and I'll be honest I used to like that song. I, you know, I it, back in the day, it was a good song for me to listen to when I was younger. Kind of fell out of my repertoire for a while. Heard it again because of this stuff. And I put it back on my playlist. And mm-hmm. this is, the, I mean, this is the power of social media right now. How yeah. influential it is that old-timey stuff comes back around. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, everything, everything old is new again at some point. And I love that Fleetwood Mac is back on the charts and... You know, again, like it, it just it makes me think about my dad. My my dad is really into classic rock. And so even though I can't see him and we live in different provinces, every time I hear that song, it actually makes me think about him and being in the car with him and all the really long car rides that we used to have of us living in the suburbs and him driving me to school and picking me up every day. So it's not something that I'd actively thought about in you know, probably a decade or so, but it really comes up for me quite a bit now. And so it's like really nice to at least be able to go back into the memory bank and pick something back out. I think 
if the pandemic has done anything for us, I think it's kind of made all of us appreciate the relationships that we have a little bit more because they've now become so distanced or become a little bit rarer and harder to come by that in-person contact that we were all so used to and really took for granted. I would say taste, smell, and sound like music are three of the major things that can take me back to a place of joy and happiness and even terror in some cases. I got attacked by a dog once oh when I was a kid and and I have certain memories of that where it's like the gra- the sound of the gravel and stuff like that when I got dragged. Mm. It is what it is. But the point is is I think that's a big deal because even now, I mean we talk about in our business when I suggest what people do as a family when they're moving, one of the first things that I say to them is build a playlist out of music for your kids that we can all listen, you can all listen to while you're moving, while you're packing, while you're doing whatever you're doing. Because in 30 years, when they have a family and they're moving, they're going to go, Hey, remember that song we listened to when mom and dad took us out and, and we were moving and then they're going to throw it on. And then it's a whole new generation of, of listening. And it's just, you know, it, it helps the transition of things and it really creates fantastic memories. And you're right. This pandemic has created more of a closeness between us, even though we're further apart in some way. It's funny you say that. I went on a road trip when I was like 10 years old with my dad and he had a playlist. He brought my sister actually back in the day of burning CDs. <laughs> well, I mean, we could probably even what go further I? back and like recording on cassettes, but we, she burned him a CD of, of some older songs. It was like the Doobie Brothers, Eagles, bands like that. Fleetwood Mac was on there. And all those songs to this day, I love, number one. But number two, every time I hear them, I just go right back to driving through the Appalachian Mountains. We went on a road trip to Florida and going through the Appalachian Mountains. We had the music cranked. It was beautiful weather. And just cruising. And all those songs just send me back being into a 1999 Ford What's Explorer. The one? What's and, the one song? Uh, whoa, whoa, listen to the music. Nice. The doobies. <laughs> Doobie Brothers. <laughs> the nice. Doobie Brothers. I've got... Um, uh, what's mine? It is uh, some California song. Hotel California? No, it wasn't. There was another one. Oh, I'll California remember love. No, my dad did not listen to her. I can see you with your frosted tips <laughs> and your, and your uh, Cavalier. My Chevy Cavalier, my purple Chevy Cavalier. From a, from a business perspective, one of the things I find the most challenging is when you spend a lot of time at home with no accountability, especially in our industry, I guess, when you have to make phone calls and do certain activities every day on a daily basis. I think it's hard to get back to the routine of doing that as far as I need to pick up the phone a certain amount of times a day, whatever my job is, whatever that function is that I do in my work. And because we're home doing it, we don't have the accountability and Netflix is three feet away. What What's the what's the shutoff? Is it is it just, just remove Netflix from your life? Because I'm not sure that's really... Attainable. Yeah, that's that's not attainable. No, so so what's the what's the goal to try to get someone to lift up that phone or do that activity that is the thing? Yeah, so I think there's kind of two main strategies that I use with people. One is it it really depends on if you're motivated by pain or by reward. So all humans are either motivated by moving away from something or moving towards something. So it's really about figuring out like which of those levers is the one that really does it for you. So if you're the type of person who likes that pain element a little bit more, or that's more effective, having some kind of accountability system for yourself is really, really important. So this can either be like being accountable to a coach 
coach or a mentor, if you don't get your stuff done, like I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to remind you and get on your case. And it's never, you know, it's never great to have somebody say, you didn't do this thing that like you said that you're going to do. So that can be a really, really powerful motivator is just having somebody else that you sort of go to for that external accountability. And this can even be like a friend, you can check in on, you know, every day at the beginning of the day of the things that you wanted to get done. And then at the end of the day, call each other again, and just make sure that you actually got that list of things done. Knowing that you're accountable to another person can be really, really helpful. And the other thing, depending on how susceptible you are to not doing things or to falling down that YouTube wormhole or Netflix wormhole, just binging something because it's so easy. You can always build in, you know, punishment frameworks for yourself. So if you hate drying the dishes or if you hate washing the dishes, like you don't get something done, your punishment is that you have to wash the dishes. If you discuss with like your partner or your kids that like, this is your punishment for not getting something done. People will hold you accountable and you'll hold yourself accountable because you don't want to do it. And if you're someone who's driven by that power of rewards, you can figure out like, well, what's the thing that you want to accomplish? And what's like that little thing that you're going to do at the end of the day? So maybe it's you're going to watch two episodes or three episodes of something. Maybe it's you're going to go for a long walk. Maybe if you get a really big project done and you've been debating getting that puppy and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should or if I shouldn't, maybe, you know, that's the reward that you work towards. So it really depends on, like I said, which of those levers is more effective for you as a person. And you can have really small things that you can do this with, right? So sometimes it can be something as simple as finally getting that book that you want, or like finally that luxury purchase. Like if you're like a crafts worker, let's say it might mean like finally getting that Dremel tool that you like. That's my dad's reward is he has a Dremel and he loves his Dremel. So he's constantly like getting new bits and things that he wants as like a reward for accomplishing something. So it really just depends on which of those levers is more effective, but either pain or reward build that into your everyday in small and then bigger ways and build in that accountability with a friend, a mentor, a coworker, uh, a spouse, parent, child, whatever is most effective for the situation. And I think that's just built in having a parent or a child or someone home is built in accountability for you. I know in our business with Andrea home, my wife is home. She's all over me when I'm <laughs> she, I can't, I can't nap on the couch. So, but how, how I feel like the big why is more important than ever. Mm -hmm. Having that is almost overrides everything. If you can start there and work your way down, that overrides everything. You, you need that big why to be able to kind of grow everything off of that and build everything off of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A a thousand percent. Yeah. So what, what's your big why? What are you doing? Well, for me right now, my, my struggle that I deal with is, is, this is my heavy time. It's hockey season right now. And at the pond here at my business, we're, we're really heavy onto the ice right now. So what I normally do is this time of year, I book a trip at the December, right before Christmas, I go to Florida every year. I can't do that this year. So I'm trying to figure out what, where I can go, what type of trip, what kind of reward I can have. Like you were saying, I, I, I go week by week by week by week, and I, I go, okay, seven weeks left, six weeks left, five weeks left, four weeks left, and my reward is I get to go to Florida right before Christmas, and it kind of breaks up my hockey season. It's right in the middle of it. 
I go down five days ish. And so this year I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out where can I go right now? We're looking North. I'm trying to find some, some cottages or something to go, to go North. But yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm struggling with right now is, is, is where should I go? We'll do some dreaming later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll end up in a cottage together. I'll, oh. l- I'll let you take my kids and I'll go somewhere else. How about that? You can that? go play pond hockey. Pond hockey. Yeah, pond hockey. That'd be all right. Kind of my specialty. It is. It is. He's a good hockey player, just so you know. Everybody mm-hmm. knows. Come on. He's great. <laughs> Ashley, we are running out of time here. And I feel like I've cheated because I brought you on here and it's like self-serving because I've learned so much today just myself. So I appreciate you coming on. You're amazing, oh, and I, I wish you all the best, and thanks so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That was another episode of The Underground. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, follow Justin on Facebook and see what he's up to in the real estate world at Justin Lon Carrick. And check out what Ryan is doing on the ice at more.hockey.